Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Healing Talks podcast. This is Amanda Huggins, your host, and I'm super excited about our guest today. I have been wanting to bring a couple of different guests on to start talking about psychedelic therapy for healing and transformation. Uh, I myself am a huge supporter of psychedelic work, and I think that we're in a really interesting period of time where we're now getting to see the clinical benefits, right? Like psychedelics are being studied across the board in a more, uh, we'll say professional and certainly much more legal way, um, which is really lovely because of the benefits that psychedelic healing can offer, right? I'm I'm a firm, firm believer that psychedelics are not drugs in the way that they have been marketed to us or the way that um, perhaps we've been brought up to believe that they are. So I'm super excited to be joined by Dr. Stephen Radowitz. Today, we're going to be talking about ketamine-assisted therapy for the treatment of mood disorders and healing. So let me just give you a little bit of background on Dr. Stephen, and then I'll welcome him on so that he can kind of tell his story too. So Stephen is the Chief Medical Officer of Nishama Psychedelic Wellness, and I believe that they're in New York. Dr. Radowitz has a wealth of experience in treating patients with addictions and seeing firsthand the effects that trauma can have on our physical health, right? I mean, the body body keeps the score. So Dr. Radowitz joined Nishama to oversee and develop various treatment modalities because of his belief that psychedelic medicine is the future of mental wellness, which hard yes on that, and that the current solutions to treat symptoms do not address the underlying issues. And this, I mean, clearly, I I already firmly agree with Stephen. And I think this conversation is also so ripe because it is the intersection of science and spirituality. And I'm just so excited to have this conversation. Hopefully, you guys learn a little bit or a lot uh, and perhaps uh, take away something that is needed for you as you're listening. So, Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. I, I'm so excited, as I've said, and there's so many places that we can start, but I would love for you to just fill in the gaps and perhaps share a little bit more about your work, your background, and how you came into working with psychedelics. Right. Um, so I think My psychedelic journey probably started about 16, 17 years ago. Um, I was in a medical practice and going through a bad breakup myself. And one of my patients handed me, told me to offer me this book uh, called The Power of Kabbalah. It was like a Jewish mysticism. He wasn't Jewish, (laughs) which is interesting. And I started reading this book and it was a very simple introductory book. Uh, on the subject. And, you know, it sort of fascinated, fascinated me for years before. And uh, so reading the book and it was just like, I, I, it just opened up a door for me. Mm-hmm. And that was really my first psychedelic experience was sort of put, putting on another pair of glasses and seeing the world in a very different way. That was my first. And, you know, through that, I started to see in my own medical practice, I'm an internist, I dealt with, uh, you know, addiction, uh, HIV care, um, and then just other, you know, from high blood pressure to diabetes and whatnot. And I start to see how mental health or our consciousness has a deep effect on our physical well-being. 
And that there, and as a primary care doctor, you know, my keys or, or preventive care doctor, preventive medicine doctor, my key is to get to the, the source, the seed of it. And by the time what we call preventive medicine today is already too late, you know, checking, waiting for someone's blood pressure to be high and then treating the blood pressure when we should really be intervening earlier on. And that could be nutrition, exercise, meditation, spirituality, um, but getting sort of more balanced. And when we have a balanced mind, I saw, you know, the people who are more balanced had a more balanced body. And we have a physiologic mechanism for that. So that sort of brought me on, sort of took me on a journey, a long journey over many years. And um, right before the pandemic started, um, I was with my partner. We were introduced to some psychedelic work. Um, my partner was having a lot of uh, daily migraines, really, really bad migraines daily after our first, we were together, our first uh, son was born. And he... Um, he tried everything. I mean, sinus surgery to acupuncture, to Botox, to, you know, uh, medications, different medications, and really nothing really worked well. And so someone had brought us to this, you know, introduced us to this um, a sort of a journey type of a very specific journey, a psychedelic journey setting. And after the first journey, he was shown in his journeys where the headaches were coming from. I was with him. I did it as well. And um, headaches completely went away. And I really saw the power, you know, and he was shown where it's coming from, some trauma from childhood, whatnot. And um, I saw, wow, this is powerful. This is, you know, medically, not forget about emotionally, but also it's, well, it's all connected. And I've had a number of patients also in my private practice over the years who've had experiences, um, some medical miracles um, with the use of psychedelics. So um, I did a number of different journeys and started to get experienced with this. And um, I saw the power, how, how powerful it was. And then I was introduced to uh, Jay Godfrey, who was starting a ketamine clinic over the, over the pandemic. My, was my, my, you know, I wasn't going into work at the time. So I said, you know, I'll try. They needed someone. I, I started working with this. And it's been an amazing journey, an incredible journey. That's how I, yeah. I You know, it's listening to you speak. It's really mm -hmm. affirming to hear someone who is a well-established medical professional speak so clearly about the connection between the physical body and our emotional wellness. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that, uh, you know, I, I personally believe like all doctors don't get it or something like that. It's just, I feel like that conversation, there's still so much space to merge with traditional medicine. And I mean, it's really, it's all medicine, right? Whether you're looking at all medicine, laughter is medicine. I'm, I'm a big proponent of um, psilocybin and um, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's a plant. Plants are medicine, right. food, water. And so it's, it's really beautiful to hear someone who can <laughs> speak in way more depth to the medical or clinical side of it, but also deeply grasp the emotional component. Okay. And I, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because I know this, this is a space where people kind of go into their own corners a little bit. It's like only it's only about emotions. And then there's mm -hmm. the group of that's like, eh, emotions and the spiritual stuff and the psychedelic stuff. It's none of that. I have a feeling mm -hmm. I already know where you land uh, mm -hmm. on that poll, but I'd love to hear 
from you on that. Yeah, I think it's a balance. I think it's all about balance in life. I'm reading a book. Uh, I'll share it with you after, but it's a, it's about you know the difference between living and existing. You know, yes, and it's about balance. I loved it, and it just really resonated with me. This whole idea of like, you know, and you have to have a balance between the two. So if we're too like, like you know, this table, <laughs> this computer, it exists. It's it's heavy. You know, it has no life. It has no purpose. All it is, it, it exists. And our body, our physical body, is about existence. It's it's physical. But then we have something more as humans. We have something that inha- I believe inhabits this body that, that, that animates it, that gives it life, that, that gives it purpose. It gives purpose to what's to our current existence. And that purpose, that meaning that we place on things is what gives it life and to, to live. And when we have a balance between the two, if we had too much, you know, too much living and not enough existing, of course, we, you know, as we see, it could be off balance and too much existing where most of us live and not enough living. That's where we have a lot of problems. And I think the body is almost a barometer for that. It, it, and, and, and if you look at the, everything in the body is about balance. The nervous system, we have the sympathetic nervous system, the adrenaline system, and the parasympathetic nervous system for relaxation. In the immune system, we have cells that activate and cells that inhibit. In the, in the, um, uh, uh, in, in the hormones, all the hormones, you have hormones that activate and hormones that prevent. It's all about balance. And there's a connection. And when we have a balanced mind, there's a connection between the mind, the brain, the hypo, it's called the hypothalamic pituitary axis that connects consciousness to physicality. It's mm-hmm. a sort of this leeway through the pituitary gland. There's a whole thing with that. I'm not going to get into the physiology yeah. of it, but, but there is a, a mechanism for this. So it's not just all woo-woo and mystical, which I can get right into and I'm right. very much into. Right. And I think the mystical part of it is a big, it is a big part of it. And what we call mystical is probably a science we just don't get. We're not that advanced, first of all. Everyone has to understand we don't really know very much. We're I, there, we're children, especially in mental health. We know nothing. I, I think it's <laughs> I think it's adorable. I think it's adorable yeah. how humans have been on this earth for a hair of hair, the amount of yeah. time that this planet has existed. And mm-hmm. we think we we know it all. And even even the definition of science, we I think there's this assumption that science is cold hard fact it's just test and learn until we come to an agreement but that agreement can evolve and change based on new data mm-hmm. that we're receiving 100%. or things that we're discovering or um, even our own consciousness yes <laughs> no you never see those there's these um, experiments on quantum physics experiments and our consciousness when you observe the experiment it changes then the when it's yeah it's crazy and just that i mean people don't realize like it freaks people, even scientists out. It's it's very unusual. But, you know, we have access to that. My favorite way of explaining it, I, we have some episodes on this, actually. It, it's like this, this mystical X factor, right? It's vibration yeah. and energy. But right. the ability to create from your consciousness or to heal from your consciousness, we all have access to that. That exists yeah. no matter what. Yeah. But it's like Wi-Fi. Right. Like you don't need to believe in Wi-Fi or understand how it works or be able mm-hmm. to create your own Wi-Fi. You just have to plug in or choose right. to start using it. It's the same right. with healing and creation. With healing. I mean, I, I will speak for myself. Even when you have that knowing, it can be really challenging. I would say almost mm-hmm. impossible for someone you know, in a, a deep depression or really locked in fight or flight to just be like, oh, haha, I can change things. Let me just right, shift right. in this moment. And right. this is where 
there are tools available. Yes. And, you know, my personal experience before getting into this, this is a part of why I got into this work was mm -hmm. I'd been medicated. I'd been unmedicated. There was a certain amount of um, therapy that was helpful. And then it was kind of just spinning a little bit in what I already mm -hmm. knew. And psychedelics have been such a tool in that opening to kind of get to those spots within the soul and within the psyche that are very challenging to access when we've mm -hmm. been so caught up in the existence, just being mm -hmm. in our mm -hmm. So obviously this episode is about ketamine therapy. This is your area of expertise. I would love for you to just explain to listeners what is ketamine therapy and who is it right. for? Right. So ketamine, I think all these psychedelics are just different keys. They're like, like almost like keys to the mind, keys to the ego, like a chemical key that fits into certain neurotransmitters in your brain. And it is a dimmer switch and it decreases the influence of the mind, the ego, this processing center that helps us keep us alive in this world, helps us exist in this world, which is important. We're not trying to kill the ego. We're not trying to ego. I don't like the word ego death. I think it's a little harsh. We're not without, the, if we kill the ego, we can't survive here. Then we're just only living and not existing. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> we need balance. <laughs> so we're here to get in, get in touch with it. So the ketamine is one of these agents. It's been around for many, many years as an anesthetic agent. And they found um, through trial and error <laughs> that when you use it in sub-anesthetic doses, so it, it's used in anesthesia. It's been around since the 60s. And it much higher does when you use it in lower doses or medium doses, it induces a psychedelic like effect um, and affects certain similar neurotransmitters to some of the other psychedelics and others. So none of them are they all have their own sort of pattern or different keys, <laughs> if you will. Um, but it, it induces this it, it decreases the influence of it over a period of time. The nice thing about ketamine is, number one, we have a lot of experience medically with it for many years, so it's super safe. Uh, from um, from a medical standpoint, it doesn't affect our, our respiratory drive, so we breathe normally with it, which is unlike most other anesthetic agents. It doesn't affect significantly affect our cardiac output, the way the heart functions. It doesn't affect our ability to swallow fluids, so we don't choke on our fluids. So it's been around. It's used in children actually in much higher doses, up to four milligrams per kilogram of uh, you know through a shot. Where we use our dose range is anywhere from zero point five milligrams per kilogram. We dose by weight to mm -hmm. two and above. So it's, you know, it's significantly less than we use in children in emergency rooms, wow. um, which is interesting. But um, so we found in, in some studies that, uh, that people who were undergoing anesthesia, they're after the anesthesia with ketamine, they were having less depression. They went in with depression, they felt more at ease. Um, and so people started doing studies. There was uh, Dr. Krupitsky in Russia was doing a lot of work with, uh, with addiction. Uh, opiate and, and alcohol addiction using actually much higher doses than we use here uh, in a very controlled setting. But he found actually in really high doses after even one very intense sort of ego dissolving <laughs> out of body experience, people stopped drinking and stopped mm -hmm. using uh, heroin, which was mm -hmm. really interesting, you know, with a lot of preparation, of course, it wasn't just yep. that. So yeah, um, yeah, so we started using this. And again, it's available. It's safe. The nice thing about it is it's very short acting. We use it by, we use an IV. There's different ways of giving ketamine, of course. It could be inhaled. It could be taken as a lozenge under the tongue. It could be given intramuscular, so a shot in the muscle. 
and, or can be given IVs, which is most of the studies used IV and it's what we use here. Yeah. Um, people find it reassuring that we can stop it at any time. It's a very short acting agent. So we can turn it off. If we turn it off, people come back to themselves pretty quickly over minutes. Um, the, um, the other safety with other issues. Uh, oh, yeah. And so it's only about a, a 60 minute infusion. We treat it as an, a psychedelic. So we do it. It's a it's a, almost like a journey like setting. A lot of the work mm -hmm. I've done in more traditional journeys, very, you know, proper journey settings. Um, people wear an eye mask. We're wearing we're listening to music. It's a very inward experience. And there's different ways of doing it. Some we do it what's called ketamine assisted therapy where we use uh, ketamine. It's more of an individual, more personal experience. We use higher doses of ketamine, psychedelic doses within that dose range I mentioned, and it induces the experience and people go into their into themselves. And the, the journey is not outside of ourselves. It's very important. It's a journey within. It's very much, very important. Um, so you don't go, and I always try and reassure people that, and you know, some people roll their eyes, but it's it's ourselves. I, I like to use the word soul, <laughs> but you know, our, our intuitive self, our inner self, whatever you feel comfortable calling it, that's guiding the whole thing. So you don't go anywhere you're not meant to go, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of comfort in, especially for someone who might be new to this and like the, whole, even yeah. the word psychedelics makes them like tense up a little bit. I can mm -hmm. see how there would be quite a bit of comfort in being in a very safe and controlled setting you know, I mean, we're not going to get into the conversation about how accessible street drugs are. This is this right. is a very different type of experience. And I'll just I'll speak very frankly um, with a different psychedelic or a different, um, you know, inner work sort of experience. Um, Molly, MDMA, Molly, the party drug, right? Mm -hmm. That taking that at a concert or at a festival, which was Amanda, early 20s, mm -hmm. pre any inner work, that is a very different experience than the first yes. MDMA journey, where it was very safe, controlled. Um, and and I, I, I share this because for those listening, if you're like, wait, but that like kid I know, or my, my brother-in-law does ketamine, or what, mm -hmm. this is not what we're talking about no. here. This is a very safe, and grounded way to, as Stephen just shared, connect with your soul. And really, you know, I, I almost want to, I hesitate with saying connect with your soul because you're always yeah. connected mm -hmm. to your soul. It's just that so much comes into our system emotionally, energetically, we're overstimulated, we have trauma that it feels like we have lost that connection. And so what psychedelics like ketamine can offer is uh, almost like clearing the pathway. It's like, oh, honey, it's been right here. Let's just, mm -hmm. let's sweep away some stuff. And then this inner experience that Steven's explaining, it's it's you going into you. It's mm -hmm. seeing things clearly again. And I'd, I'd love to hear from you, Stephen, about what perhaps some of your patients have shared, because I imagine that Ketamine, just like any other psychedelic, is not just a magic switch, right? It's not like, oh, no. I'm healed. I never will feel a shadowy emotion again. Mm -hmm. So could you kind of share a little bit about the patient yeah. journey and what that looks like? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the patient journey, people come in, they have a medical, everyone goes through a, a very like a detailed medical and psychiatric evaluation. 
So we make sure that this is like a safe option for everybody and a, and a good option for them. Okay. So people have to have specific diagnoses, usually related to, you know, treatment resistant depression, anxiety, PTSD, certain addictions, eating disorders. We do, we've had really good experience wow. with, uh, especially, uh, a binge purge type of bulimia type sense. eating disorder, which is amazing. You have no idea. That's actually been one of the fast, most fascinating parts of this, but, um, so they, uh, once they're cleared, they come into the, into our place and they have a full nursing assessment. They, um, they meet with a the nurse, they go over all the medications, they put an IV in, and then they meet with the doc, with myself, or we have a nurse practitioner and we discuss the dose. And really it's, you know, we give people a tool, you know, it's not, we're not here to heal anyone. And this is important. I'm going to go a little off topic and maybe we'll have to yes. cut down, but I want to make it very clear that this is, we don't see people as being sick. I do not see depression, anxiety, addiction, PTSD as diseases. We've diseasified yes. them. We've pathologized them. They're symptoms, much like if someone got, if someone breaks a leg, okay. And there's pain. Is the pain a disease? No, the pain's a messenger saying, Hey, bone broken, bone out of alignment, do something about it. Sometimes we do have to put people on some pain medications, get them in the door, put a cast on or do whatever we need to do. Give it some rest and then let it heal. And once the bone heals up, it's aligned. There's no pain because the pain's no longer necessary. The same thing in mental health is that depression, anxiety are messengers. They're not yep. here to hurt you. They're here to let you know that you there is a misalignment between these two parts of us, this sort of inner self, this soul, this intuitive self. And sometimes we get jolted out of out of our out of alignment either through different life experiences that take us on a divergent path away from ourselves. So when the the mind, <laughs> this brain is out of out of you know sort of out of alignment with who we are at our essence, that's where we get these symptoms. And we wouldn't want to suppress them. And that's where that's my problem. It's another reason I'm sitting I'm doing what I'm doing now is that you know I find psychiatry a lot of it has been about suppression, seeing this is a disease which they've never found a disease. There's no gene for depression. There is no I gene know. for anxiety. There's no gene. They've never found any biomarker, nothing, okay? So there's no disease. There's no official disease. So, so but we're treating it as such. It, it's very convenient to call it a disease because then we can market it. We have a okay. drug because you have a chemical imbalance and that's another thing. There's no such thing as a chemical imbalance. That's a made up term by drug companies to sell a drug to put you back into balance, you know? So- there's no imbalance. There's just, there's no chemical imbalance. Or if there is, it's due to a, a life imbalance. So I, I'm drugs, so happy yeah. that you're saying yeah. this. And I know you said like, I might take us off track. This is perfectly yeah. on track. This yeah. is what you're sharing is exactly why I got into the work that I'm doing from a coach or healer perspective is because mm -hmm. I, I was so damn sick of people being told myself, younger me being told that, this is a, a problem or here's, here's something to treat the problem, but then there's another problem. And all of a sudden right. your essence has been fully dimmed. And it's not just yeah. about the energy in your body, like the, the physical energy, your mobility, your, no. your drive. It's about the pilot light within you. There is a deep suppression when we put people into boxes instead of yeah. thinking, well, what is this te uh, teaching me or asking of me or how can I heal? How is this for me? Yeah. It, it yeah. takes that question and it flips it into a shadow aspect. And it says, right. what's wrong with you? Why do you feel right. this way? It goes from, instead of expansion, it turns into blame and we get so yeah. lost Shame and shame. I'm, so I'm a depressed, I'm a bipolar. You know, when you give someone a diagnosis of bipolar 
or, or, or a personality disorder, like, you know, there's a shame in that and yeah. you get labeled it and it's there for life. life. So to move away from that, or I am an alcoholic, you are using alcohol as a tool because you just are having a hard time processing a certain issue in your life and yeah. you're using it as a tool, much like thumbing through Instagram for four hours or binge watching something on Netflix. It's no different. It's no better or worse. It takes you out. It's just a tool. But the thing is, we have to ask ourselves, is it serving me? And then often it doesn't, you know, someone's there, but it doesn't, most people will say it doesn't serve me anymore. And, and, you know, after you do, that's what we found. And this is my experience with the, with, with ketamine and other psychedelics is that um, you, when you get more in touch with yourself, you don't have to hide. You see these things, you get more aligned. And once you're in alignment, those things, there's nothing to hide anymore. The bones, the bone is in the back in alignment. You don't need to suppress the pain because there's no pain. Yeah. So people find like they stop drinking fascinating. Like they, and it's not because they think it's bad. They just like, Oh, I just don't feel like it's necessary anymore. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the, not called you to hear it. that. It doesn't serve me anymore. I'm not called to it. That is, that is, that's true addiction care. And no one's very few people are doing that. And, you know, we're starting a program here with the awaken um, clinics, this care program in England, um, treating addiction specific in a more intense program, specifically alcohol use disorder using ketamine. And eventually, we'll, you know, there'll be other as other things come available, like psilocybin and MDMA. There might be a place for that in this program. But it's all it's it's just fascinating. So we've seen amazing response. Eating disorders, you know, people, you know, food restriction or or overeating is another tool, you know. And when people feel more aligned, they they no longer have to. They don't feel like they have to hurt themselves anyway. You've developed a, a healthier relationship with food. I try to say uh, someone who's a big drinker, wasn't a very healthy eater. And he goes, I don't know, after his, his fourth infusion here, he goes, I don't know, I'm starting to crave like vegetables. I hate yeah. vegetables. Because <laughs> I went to like a vegetarian restaurant the other day. My partner thought I was crazy. So, <laughs> you know, and he doesn't drink anymore. It's like, uh, you know, but again, not everyone, that's not going to be the case for everybody, but it's an opening. And again, we, we don't see, and the way I see it, I I think that it's an experience. It's, it's um it's a journey within yourself and it's not, and I don't like the, even the, using the word healing, you know, we don't even call people patients here. We call them members just so we couldn't oh, figure out a better term because it's, um, you know, you're not sick. You're yes. not, we're not sick. We're just out of alignment. And even physical disease is also mm -hmm. just a more manifest version of that. It, so that's yeah. the whole thing. It gets manifest eventually over time, chronic stress, chronic puts the body off balance. So it will eventually, if we can't deal with it emotionally, it will manifest in the body. And it's not a punishment. No, not <laughs> at hard all. To see. It's just there. Sometimes it's, you know, a good cold. Sometimes it just takes us in. We stand at home and we just have to be by ourselves inward Absolutely. and then, and develop appreciation. Oh my God, after I'm cold, like I can't stand, I have an issue with not being able to breathe through my nose, being a Gemini, like I need air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, and, but you know, when you, when you, it's taken away from us and then, it's given back. You appreciate it. The gratitude. Almost like oh the gratitude is so, you learn to have such amazing gratitude. Even when I've gone done, you know, even psychedelics, like there's a happiness sometimes coming back here. Like I see this amazing yes. world. And then to be able to actually take that and bring it back into my body and be able to process that through my current form, there's an appreciation for that too, in a more yeah. controlled way. So there's a reason we're in this limited perception. Oh. You know, you know, it's such an interesting conversation to look at like the energy of quote unquote illness or quote unquote mental illness. Yeah. 
I know, and this was far before I'd ever um, worked with psychedelics in a meaningful way, but when I was really struggling with my own bulimia, which is binging and purging, Mm -hmm. um, the energetics underneath that, it was wanting to create a sense of fullness or create a sense of safety, but then feeling totally unworthy of the safety that I did create. And it was Mm -hmm. all in complete excess or complete um, scarcity, right? So I could never- Yes, so much shame. shame. And the shame. And then you have to purge it because you feel shame. I don't deserve that food. Yeah. I, I just fed myself. I nourish myself and I don't deserve that nourishment. So you And so so with psychedelics, it's not like there's a switch in the brain that says, Oh, bulimia goes off now. There's no. connective work that happens where you know, I always call it like rememberings. It's not so much that mm-hmm. there are these big, huge oh my God, like I just had this profound awareness that I've never thought of. It's often little rememberings. It's, oh my God, I so deserve to treat myself well. Oh my God, Mm -hmm. it feels so good to give myself vegetables. feels really good to not have alcohol in my system. And Mm -hmm. I think like even talking about excess substances, that also is like such a difference to me between the substances that are readily available like alcohol which is insane because it's such a depressant and something like ketamine which is a legal accessible in in the right setting right, right. um quote unquote drug that actually mm-hmm. when administered and when you're working with the medicine and the people around you properly right. reduces any need to reach for the mm-hmm. things and it's yeah. just it's so funny how I know we're you and I are in our own echo chamber with this. It's like, yes, we get it. Um, it, It's just so funny how flipped the outside world is. Yeah. Uh, And I I really, I have a lot of heart that that's changing. I'm sure that you see that as well. It's changing. I think this is a big revolution. We're starting to see it sweep in because what's going on right now in, in, in our system, in our country is just not acceptable. You know, even psychiatric care, I just find it unethical. You yep. know what we're doing. I come, you know, I used to have people come in on five, six different medications. They had no access to them. It's about suppression. It was just about suppressing the symptoms. They had no access to these messengers trying to tell them how to live. And they just came flat. There is a place for it sometimes. And I don't think it's all bad, but I think it shouldn't be used indefinitely. I think sometimes when we're in a really dark place, there is a place for psychiatric medication. Sometimes Absolutely. again. You know, it's like if someone breaks a bone, you know, you're not going to say, oh, just walk it until you get the cast on. We'll give pain medications, numbing medications, and we'll put, you know, until we can get things in alignment. So there is a place, but we should reassess it at all times. But now I find people get put on these medications. They don't feel happy. They don't feel sad anymore. They're not like depressed, but they're not happy. They're dead. They're just flat. And so there's a time where we have to say, okay, you've been doing well things. We're putting other things into play, whether it's meditation, spirituality, whatever it is doing some psychedelic work. And then let's science try and wean you off and see how you do. But there's yep. none of that because it's it's takes time. <laughs> it takes yep. effort. And I accidentally had weaned myself off of stimulants um, yeah. for quote unquote severe ADHD, which I've always just felt was just, it's how I express there's creativity, there's energy, there's movement. Um, and this gets into like, systemic issues with the amount of pressure that's 
place on people to perform. And so we're told that stimulants, for example, are something we need. But introducing something like, although it was not my intention, introducing psychedelics, it it allowed me to kind of come back to a space of grounding within myself, both in terms of acceptance of how I work, and then definitely like a little bit more balance from within, yeah, which is beautiful. But these are things that I couldn't find any research on, right? If someone was no. going to, so I'm curious, like someone's going to go after this episode and Google ketamine therapy. Like, is it for oh, me? Yeah. We know what Google will tell them. What? What are the things you've seen that articles on the internet not share about? The yeah, benefits? I mean, I think I think it's really important set and setting. You know, I didn't finish yeah. the how we do it. So then after you your dose, but we have an inter- we have an integration team here. So an integration coaches, some are therapists, some are just life coaches, and they help number one prepare us for the journey, prepare us for our intentions, do some breath work, and ease people into the experience. That's very 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 important. And this is not something I know. There's a lot of people taking it outside, doing it on their own. It's not the same, you know, and I've done it both ways and not ketamine, but I've done other things, you know, both ways. It's like you said, with MDMA, Molly, you can go to a club and do it in that setting. It's a completely different experience when you do it in a proper journey setting with support and intention. It's a, it's a completely two different worlds, like nuclear bombs and nuclear energy. It's a nuclear, it's a different drug. And, and, you know, people talk about addiction, you know, could ketamine be, because a lot of people are using it, you know, on the streets. Yep. So how could you use an, a, I'm treating people's addiction with a drug that's being used for, yeah. you know, as a, a thing of addiction. And you have to be careful. Number one, the dose is very important, you know? So in lower doses, ketamine, the people sniffing it in dance floors or on their own, it, it affects different types of receptors that are more euphoric and induces a euphoria. As you escalate the dose, it starts to affect different other neurotransmitter systems, you know, serotonin and glutamate and other other things, and even estrogen, um, which is interesting. And in the higher doses, when you have a psychedelic experience, that's not that I promise you, it's not addictive. (laughs) I've done it, you know. It's and I'm sure you've done different psychedelics. It's not the type of thing you're running. It's a it's an incredible experience, but it's not something. It's not. I wouldn't describe it as necessarily always euphoric. And so it's very, very important to, to distinguish between the two. Um, they're not there. It's totally different drugs, small doses, even microdosing. I know there's a big movement of microdosing, um, you know, psilocybin, LSD, things like that. I mean, and people believe in it and I'm not, I'm hoping some people have great effects from it. My personal, my personal uh, passion is for more of a psychedelic and experience, not to depend on something on a regular basis. Some people are going to not yell at me. This is just my, me. I'm not saying it doesn't, but, and, and people are taking ketamine and it does work. Of course it's going to, you know, you take a spritz of ketamine in your nose when you're feeling stressed out. It's no different than taking a benzo or, you know, uh, or anything else. You're not dealing with the issue. You're just suppressing. And again, I guess totally. sometimes there's a place, but we're not here about psychedelics, not about suppressing it's suppression. It's about expression. It's about really expressing it, going into yourself, listening to these emotions, not suppressing them. And then working on it, finding where am I out of alignment, getting back into alignment, because that's all they're there for. We're not being punished with these symptoms. They're not bad. They're not bad. They're not good. They're just, they, they're just there for you. Yeah. And, and then once you're aligned, they go away. So I, that's, that's the difference between what we do here and in, you know, using lower doses of different types of uh, drugs. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's really important to share because, and also 
you know, you are working with the actual drug versus, you know, if you're somewhere in Brooklyn, hanging out with people and there's a bunch of ketamine or whatever might be lying around. What is that? You know, I I don't know that it's even fair to say like an experience with something like ketamine when not in a clinical setting. Um, It's just, they're not comparable and it may not have even been the same drug. Right. Right. Um, Um, And it's not bad or good. Don't get, I'm not here to judge. If people want to do it, you have to just know what you're getting. Like, again, that's just taking you to another place, but in the long run, is it reward? Is it as rewarding? No, I don't find it rewarding. You know, I don't, I mean, it's, I'm not, not everything has to be rewarding. And listen, I have a glass of wine here and there and it is what it is. Like, you know, not everything has to be so serious, but when you use, yeah, it's about balance. I think it's really about balance. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I I mean, Mm -hmm. I'll have like a little glass of wine or if I'm really craving a beer once in a while, but it's not, um, it would never be from an avoidance place or a numbing place. It's from enjoyment or just like a neutral desire. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be a nice thing to have. And I think that neutrality in making a decision or working with, in this conversation, working with the substance, you had mentioned earlier, like a, a psychedelic isn't really something, once you're done with a full experience, you want to keep going back to. No. You, you don't. There, there's work. a neutrality. <laughs> God, it's so it's much work. work. There's there's a neutrality yeah. afterwards where you're like, I feel complete. I've, mm-hmm. I've got the lessons. I've got the clarity, at least for now. And you'll, I, I say this to people all the time. You will know when or if it is ever time to return to one. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to plan a a journey quarterly or something like that. No, that already is bringing you out of the healing flow that you've gotten yourself into, right? Be Uh in your body, be where you are now. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in doing so, you may be able to pay attention to the little tweaks along the road. So you Mm -hmm. don't need this big, huge thing that you're planning again, you know? Exactly. Don't and don't get pressured. This, you know, it's very trendy now. Yes. I think if they get called to this, you really have to feel it within yourself. Don't ever let anyone pressure you into doing psychedelics or ayahuasca or anything. Yeah. Listen to yourself, read up about it, educate yourself, whatever it is, and it should come from you. I find the people who self refer, you know, some people come in through their psychiatrists or people bring them in here and they say, "Oh, this is my last hope," and they're not really called to it. Don't yeah. really respond as well as those who find them find themselves actually find their way here themselves. I think there is a calling. I think psychedelics is very, it's an interesting thing. The journey starts once you make the decision to do it. And anyone Absolutely. who's done it will understand that I've, my journeys. Every time I've done a journey, it's like the journey starts the week before all this crazy thing. It happens. The energy is already moving. You know, it's there. You're putting intention in there and things will start to come up, you know? So yeah. it could be a little tumultuous before, but <laughs> I know it sounds a little crazy, but. Yeah. Um, Listen, it's not crazy. I mean, this, this is probably more if if we're looking at the Venn diagram of science and spirituality, this probably is a little bit more on that vacant space in the spirituality bubble. Right. Right. Than the overlap, but we create energetic agreements with individuals, with locations, organizations, with everything in our life. And so when you make a, a decision, or even when you're starting to open yourself up to the potential of that choice. Mm -hmm. You're now opening up your awareness 
to that energetic agreement. So it's going to start flowing in. Things will yeah. come up. Yeah. And in, you know, with my own clients, I call it the coaching mm -hmm. flu. Like you sign yeah. on. And even if we don't start for two weeks, shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. And it's not bad. It's, it's coming great. up for a reason. Yes. I love yeah. it. I don't love you know, to see anyone see what, in pain, but. Yeah. You know, to work on. Like you, you're yes. going in knowing, okay, this is where my problems are. You know, and so this is, you know, to do the work and what to, what to, where to set your intentions. But important well, when you do, when people, yeah. Hmm? Go, go for it, please. Also, there's also an inner intelligence, this inner wisdom that like, you know, it's good to have intentions, but when you're lying there about to do one of these substances or, you know, to do the ketamine, I tell people just now is a time you have your intentions, get rid of your intentions, rip yep. them up, put them in the pail and just let go and say, Hey, I'm open. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. This is what I want, but is it the best for me? I don't know. Just, I don't know. Like surrender to that. And that's when you get a lot of the inner wisdom and you're not surrendering to something outside of yourself. Actually, you're surrendering to a very deep wisdom within, like you said, um, you're not here to, to learn anything. You're here to remember. Yes. And I think that's so beautiful. Like we're not here to, rem it's like, and when you read some beautiful piece of spiritual or anything that really sometimes things touch you, it resonates with something that's already inside of you. Yep. So um, that's, that's, yeah, it's just you already have it. The medicine is actually ketamine. I always tell people the medicine is not the ketamine or the psilocybin or any of these other things. They're just tools. They're catalysts. The medicine is you. It's within you. And it's only opening, giving you an opening, opening a window so you can see beyond these shells that have formed around yourself. And, and the shells are not good or bad, but they just are. There are opportunity to do the work to appreciate, to learn who we are by sometimes who we're not. And uh, so we get a taste of that. And uh, yeah. And it's beautiful. I, you know, yeah. it's, I always find it funny whenever I'm having a guest on and we're talking about what sometimes is either a challenging or maybe a scary or a foreign topic. And often when we break down whatever the discussion point is, it's very simple, right? Mm -hmm. Here, the simplicity of our discussion is you, you are the healing, you hold the healing. We're just offering suggestions or different access points. Mm -hmm should you feel called to it. Right. And when it's, I, I find when things are so simple, there's almost this um, like a version that we have to it. It's like, well, it can't just be that easy. It can't just be yeah. that. And I, mm -hmm. there's a difference between being in a state of ease and then things being easy, right? Like being in a state of ease is there's a spaciousness, there's a surrender, there's a curiosity to, what could unfold with the assumption that things will unfold well for you right. versus, well, it's too easy. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to, there's no struggle involved or, or God forbid I can have support in my healing, which can bring up some shame. Mm -hmm. They're two different energies. Right. So for those listening, I, I ask you, or I invite you to tap into the frequency of ease, right? What if, what if healing just is, from a place of ease? What if you could access it? What if there are tools from which you can start to really go into yourself? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not going to be easy because as we've said, shit gets kicked up, but you can mm -hmm. access it with ease. There is an in-body difference between mm -hmm. the two. Stephen, I would love to just hear from you a little bit more. I know we're kind of coming close on mm -hmm. time, but just... Tell us about the Nishama Institute and that you've kind of peppered in a couple of things, but I'd love to hear a little bit more just about what you guys are offering and how people can get in touch with you. Yeah. So 
Um, Nushama.com, our website, um, is a good place to get in touch with us. Um, you know, the Institute is, we, you know, we only, right now, it's the only legally available um, psychedelic uh, yep. agent or, you know, agent that could cause psychedelic experience, sure. uh, ketamine. <laughs> and we're treating, you know, most of our treatment is, is geared towards, um, is, you know, multi-drug resistant uh, um, uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD. So those are main, our main uh, treatment. Also addiction. So we, again, I mentioned we're, we're teaming up with Awaken Center uh, out of uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a care program and a really well-studied program um, which showed amazing benefit uh, using a very directed ketamine and ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. So we, we use, um, it's more psychotherapy-induced. Huh. We use a little, so there's uh, more intensive psychotherapy around, you know, preparation. So you're, you're assigned a, psycho, uh, like a, a psychotherapist. Uh, you do a, a very intensive uh, therapy in advance. You have the experience with the psychotherapist in the room, and then um, you do some integration after and the day after. And we do that four, uh, three times. And a fourth, that's non, uh, we don't use medicine. Um, and it's had, you know, and that's well studied. There's actually a care study out there that's uh, shown really impressive benefits, better than anything out there wow. right now. Wow. So we're, you know, we're instituting that. But we've already seen, even in our current program, we've seen some really good improvement in people with. Uh, alcohol use or substance use disorders. So that's a big one. Eating disorders. Um, we're working with Columbia. We're hoping to put a, have a study put together to show the benefits we've seen and, and, and publish the benefits in yeah. specifically a purge um, binge type um, eating disorder. Um, again, I think it's going to work for all of these things. I think all these diagnoses are the same. They're just different manifestations of yeah. this misalignment. So the treatment yeah. should be, you know, very similar. So that's our main program here, and that uh, we have an amazing team of people, um, co- different coaches like life coaches, a therapist, um, providers, just really dedicated to this work and have a real passion for this work. Mm-hmm. We see close to you know anywhere from um, fifteen to um, about fifteen to twenty patients a day right now in our center, which is great. Wow. And yeah. I think we do it with the proper, really in the proper way. Like I, I have a, I really believe in this work. I, th- I really hold it in high, with a lot of uh, humility. I think mm-hmm. this is not, it's, it's important work. It so is. to come in here, it's not, this is not just a medicine. You're going to come, this is the next generation of, of treatment. Yeah. And it's really finding the treatment within yourself. And also, you know, just to say that the, the word doctor or physician does not mean healer. Actually, it means, it means a teacher. So it's like also we're providing you with a tool. We're not here to heal you. You have the healing power within you. And this is the mainstay of of how I see this work uh, here at Nushama is we give you the tools, you know, and, you know, to find that within yourself and and to empower yourself. And that's really long lasting. That's what we come here to do. That's the essence of a true teacher, right, is not to keep someone in a constant loop of, I need you to keep coming back. I need to give you this pill or tell you more about this diagnosis or go into, it's, let me teach you how to teach yourself, right? Exactly. I'm sure there's a million other phrases that that go along. You guys understand. Um, It's just really, really yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, so yeah, I'm 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 very honored to do this work. Um, I really do. I again, and it's been a real pleasure to do it. And 
And I feel it's real medicine. <laughs> and I've been involved in medicine for over, over 20, almost 30 years. I've been, you know, an internist taking care of like HIV patients, people with different, uh, you know, <laughs> from, uh, you know, heroin and alcohol abuse to, you know, diabetes. And this is really, uh, it's, it's amazing work. It's the deeper work. And I, I, you know, hats off to you, hats off heart open to you because that's an enormous amount of space to hold to you for you and your team. And I think it's right. really beautiful that you've created a setting. And I know you briefly mentioned set and setting. Yeah, it's very important. Oh yeah. We put a lot of effort into that. Like when you come in here, it does not look like a medical clinic at all. We try to, you know, maybe an IV pool, but other than that, it's very serene, calm place. Uh, yeah. It, 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 yeah. You come in here. You just want to hang. Have you been here? Have you been here before? No, I haven't. Oh, you're going to come visit. Oh, yeah. So so you're going to, you're going to have to yeah. come visit us. <laughs> I would love to. I'm, so. I'm over in um Queens right now. I'm in Astoria. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh yes. You're not far. Yeah. So wow. great. So you, you'll, you'll come visit. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Oh, so definitely. one thing people ask about bad trips, you know, that comes up a lot. I'll, I'll say it now. You can edit this after if you want. No, no. Bad this... trip. What is <laughs> what is a bad trip? And and I don't believe in bad trips. This is, you know, I think that there's, I think some, and that's some of, I didn't really go into that before I got sidetracked as I <laughs> do, but um, what people's experiences are. And some of the people who had more sort of difficult journeys or difficult experiences have been the most uh, therapeutic and most healing and most revealing out of all of them. And my biggest fear when I first started this was like, okay, people are going to come in here, feel good, get a ketamine infusion, get a little euphoric and then walk out, feel good for a few days and they'll need more. And when I started to see the more difficult pe- experiences, then, then I said, oh, wow, okay, this is real medicine. And not everyone has to have a bad experience. Not at all. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. And the way you see it on this is it's you have a different approach. You stop seeing, you sort of lose this whole dualistic approach and you start to see some of the more difficult experiences is also neither good nor bad. They're just, they are. And they're there to show us and to guide us into where we need to do some of our work, where we are out of alignment. And uh, like I had someone really interesting story of someone um, who was really suicidal. He had got out of a really bad relationship, was married, got divorced, and his um, he had full custody over his child. But he was deeply suicidal, and his biggest fear was if he killed himself, the child would have to go back to his ex-wife, and he didn't want to put his child in that. It was just really difficult, mm-hmm. and he struggled with this. And he came in, and in his journey, he actually killed himself in the journey and went, and he, and he was at his own funeral watching the funeral and yeah. watching the child go back to the wife. And he was like, and he was yell. I mean, it was very, it was early on. And I don't know where I got this inner strength to be able to not, I didn't stop it because <laughs> we can stop the infusion at any time. If people don't want, I gave him some breath work and he was hitting himself and thrashing. And how could you do that? He was like so upset with himself. But afterwards he had this peace. He goes, Oh my God. You know, he felt what it was like and he would never do that to his child. And and he just, he, he came out of it in a very well. So what turned out to be what some people would, you know, think of as a very difficult or bad journey ended up being one of the most um, healing. I mean, this is, I'm really glad we're touching on bad trips because that is such a, a point of resistance. And I understand, I understand why, right? No one wants to have a really bad experience with anything, but I think there is a much larger perspective, which is, uh, I mean, there's multi parts to this, of course, but even if it were just a bad trip and there was no lessons in it at all, um, right. you've already been having a pretty bad experience or challenging. Right experience. out here. Exactly. Right. That's what I tell people. We're, we're living in this bad trip sometimes, 
But also, yeah. in, you know, when it's well supported, it's very important. Although, when you are have in these environments, whenever you do these this work, to have to be supported, to be with yeah. people who are experienced, to hold space for you, because sometimes it can be difficult, and and you really do need some help, um, especially for something like ketamine. I can turn it off. Other substances that people do, you know, outside, you know, make sure you're in a very safe space. Um, you're well supported with people who have a lot of experience in this work who can really help you uh, when these things come up, because that's otherwise it can be very uh, destabilizing if it's not well supported and not well framed. It's like a very bad dream. You know, if you interpret yes. the, really how you interpret the dream, if you interpret the dream in a negative way, it's going to be negative. If you can learn and to see the positive within that negative dream, you could turn the whole thing around. It can be an amazing learning experience. So yeah. I think it's really important to be well supported. I think that's where set and setting really are huge, huge deal in this work. I fully agree. And I also, something you said triggered me, it, it reminded me, I wanted to come back to what you'd shared when you asked patients to just kind of toss their intentions after they've created them and before they really go inward. And that is so important and I think can prevent against having one type of bad trip because yeah. there's so many different experiences, but one can be kind of feeling this stretch between being very in your body and in the pain and in the, the human pre-psychedelic self and then getting pulled into that deeper soul work, but still trying to control it because it's, yeah. well, what is this teaching me? Where is the lesson? It's been an hour. It's been whatever, mm -hmm. you know, where is it? And I have seen that in individuals where that bad trip is really more this battle between this desire to let go and then this complete resistance to holding yeah. on. There is yeah. so much within that experience to take oh, away, yeah. um, but it can be challenging on your own. That's yeah. I think the the resistance people who really are holding on they don't want to because psychedelics. If you have to sum up psychedelic work in one, it's it's all about letting go. And letting go is not is not about forgetting about it or or avoiding it. It's about hitting it right on, accepting it, learning from it, growing from it, forgiving. It's <laughs> a big uh -huh. one. Forgiving those that need to be forgiven as part of that, and then taking the exam, passing it, and moving on next. And then. The most beautiful thing someone I was listening to, this is sort of a spiritual, sort of this Jewish Hasidic lecture. And they said that wisdom is a wisdom is a memory without the emotion, which I don't, it just really touched me. And like a memory is just like, the only reason we have an emotion attached to a memory is because it hasn't been processed. We haven't learned from it. We haven't extracted the jewel from it. And once you do, you learn from it, you grow from it, then it just becomes a building block in who you are, your wisdom. And the emotion is no longer necessary because the emotion was just trying to get you saying, hey, there's something here for you. Please yeah. come get it. It's like a jewel waiting yeah. for you to grow. And yeah. so, but we avoid it. And then, and then that's it. And you go to the next step and then there'll be another lesson, <laughs> but oh, uh, nice. it's beautiful. Yeah. It really is. So. It's, uh, avoidance will just extend the pain. Surrender yeah. may not put an immediate stop to it, which is what I know many people want, right? We want the immediate yeah. healing, the immediate that's, solution. No. Patience. It is patience. We're not here for a long time at all, but no. you also have time with the things yes. that you're working on, right? So can you lean into the truth that there will always be more stuff and that truth doesn't have yeah. to be a bad thing. It's just, oh, how exciting. Right. There's more life. Mm -hmm. There's more stuff that I can yeah. or get to work through and be in what you're experiencing 
now. That is what is so beautiful and available for you to work with. Ketamine is a wonderful tool to offer access. There are other tools. Ketamine is legal. Ketamine is available in safe clinical settings. Yeah. Is it accepted by insurance? Ketamine therapy? Uh, you know, only for pain, unfortunately, strangely enough, for like chronic pain. That's it right now. It will. There is a form of ketamine, the nasal spray, Spivato, which is like um, an isomer. So like ketamine, the one we use is called racemic. It's a mixture of two different sort of isomers or mirror images. So what the drug company did was they took one of the mirror images so they can extend the patent, turn it into a patent, patent the drug. And for each spray, it can be five to $800 per treatment. Crazy. Per spray? Eh? Per spray. And it's used for also for depression, but it's, it hasn't been shown to be as effective as like a proper infusion. But, you know, it's, it's out there. And um, so that, that, that's an option. So in that case, sometimes it can be, uh, yeah, but it's not the same. It's very different. So it's okay. more for acute care. But, um, but yeah, so hopefully it will be. Eventually the studies come along and, it, you know, hopefully it will be because it is, this could be life-saving and ketamine is a psychedelic it, it's yeah i think anyone who's tried it trust me i've done other things and yeah it's it's uh just because it's legal it's um it's nice and it's a it's an hour it's like it's accessible but i think oh, all right. these things, yeah it's only an hour so i think all these things have different places and different ways there's different keys they're just all yeah. different whether it's psilocybin ayahuasca uh bufo and all these things I love that key analogy. That's the first time I've ever heard someone explain it in that way. And that really, really lands. Stephen, I feel like we could talk for another like three hours on all of this. Yeah, I know, <laughs> um, I know. You've, you've offered so much wonderful insight, both on the scientific and on the spiritual end. You've blended yeah. the, the two worlds, which again, personally, I think are one. <laughs> but yeah, me too. Blended, <laughs> me too. I know. You've blended <laughs> them beautifully. And I... I am confident that you've offered our listeners quite a bit to think about or to really receive. Um, so I thank you for sharing your expertise, your wisdom, and your great personality. It's been so lovely chatting with you. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> we'll be sure to drop your links, info, to, uh, how people can access Nishama, like all of that good stuff in the show notes. If you guys uh, want to get in touch with Dr. Steven, you'll have access to do so. Just make sure you click on our links. Uh, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out at the podcast, email, Instagram, what have you. And we'll make sure those questions get fielded appropriately. Yeah. And send them over to me. I'm happy to, happy to answer questions as well. So you can always send me any, you know, Perfect. emails, anything my way. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much, Amanda. My pleasure. It was so great having you on. It was great. Great talking. <laughs>